0: Welcome into Locked On Knicks. I am Alex Wolf. He is Gavin Shaw. Today, we have a very cool show for you guys. We're doing kind of a, a riff on Fan Friday. We're going to call it Fan Monday today. We have Ivan Khan, Dr. Ivan Khan, uh, who you might know on Twitter as the Nixpert at Ives, I-V-E-Z. Uh, he's on today to talk to us about Knicks open practice. He was in attendance, and we wanted to get his thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, we talk about uh, some newfound confidence, a little little swagger for our boy, Baby Frank, and uh, Mitchell Robinson performing well, as always, Julius Randle fitting in nicely, and Marcus Morris setting the tone emotionally. Then we get a little into Ivan's history as a Knicks fan, how he actually started off uh, rooting for the Bulls in the 90s, how he got off of them, and how uh, Michael Sweetney uh, convinced him of the Knicks' greatness. And then uh, we we touch a little on um, uh, the scholarship fund. Ivan runs and and the tutoring service which which are all really great stuff Um, they're striving to uh, create or at least promote uh, racial equality in uh, New York specialized high school system as as far as I understand it but we get into that and a whole lot more on this episode of Locked On Knicks
0: you are Locked On Knicks your daily New York Knicks podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day Foul from behind, Kaepernick at one! as Fistel flips his fist. Miller-Pee-S. What he does is contagious. Robinson with a catch of slam! Across the lane to Trier. Trier drives down! Here Oh! oh! That's a slam! Becomes in infectious. All right, welcome into Locked on Knicks. I am Alex Wolf, joined by Gavin Shaw, as always. Joined, not as always, by Dr. Ivan Khan. You might know him as Ives, I-V-E-Z, on Twitter. Uh, also, the Knickspert, he goes by on Twitter. Uh, what's up, Ivan? How are you doing today? Uh, we, so, you know, you went to the, the open practice, and, and we're really excited to talk about it with you.
2: Thanks so much for having me on the show, guys. I've been a big fan of the show for several years now. Um, yeah, open practice was great. This was my second year. Um, I've been a you know Knicks fan for at least twenty years, and um, they hook up the season ticket holders. Last year, my friends and I had a half season plan. This year, we upgraded to full season, and they moved it from the Garden to Columbia University's gym. So it it was a wild time. It was great. Excited to be here.
1: Yeah, no, and and we were. I mean, I I'm I'm bummed I I, I couldn't go with you. Uh, I, I was I was really looking forward to. Hearing back, I know I asked you a couple of things to focus on, but I guess for you, what were some of your flashbulb memories from the practice, Ivan, and what really stood out? I think the number one thing I noticed was that the setting was much more intimate compared to last
2: year. Uh, the Knicks management team, the ticket agents, they do a, a fantastic job keeping the fans engaged. I think this past year with the Twitter gatherings that happened, you know, with the parties that you guys hosted along the Knicks Film School and all, a lot of Knicks Twitter, uh there's like a community that's really coming together and you can really feel that i mean if it's all right to shout out some of the other nick twitter friends of ours i mean nick San tv terry and trey uh nick's feed nickish we we're all there and it was just cool to be one with the new york Knicks and what they had going uh they had the opening um you know re- re- hosts were like receiving all the guests the dj was playing great music the dancers the mcs they're all engaged in the audience it was just a lot of fun, um, com- you know, when we're at the games during the season, oftentimes the encore plays so uh, bad, uh, to say the least. Uh, it's moments like this that make it a lot more fun.
0: Yeah, so like it, tell me about some of the players, though. I mean i you know i I got to see some some footage from the open practice. It seemed like Mitchell Robinson was a hit, which is maybe one of the most predictable things. That I could have, you know, guessed as as far as what would happen at open practice, but like, did you uh, did you come away impressed with Mitch? Did you think that he was looking good, like he's ready to come in here and maybe take a little bit of a leap this season?
2: I mean, Mitch is Mitch. It was fun. I mean, it goes back to last year's open practice where um, we were just, you know, like the fans were just engaging Mitch, and he was focused. You know, like all the all the players there usually focused on the practice itself and as far as mitch he's looking he looked just as good this year as he did last year or so uh he's only getting better um he's clearly the best player on the knicks um uh, on, on one end of the floor for sure and over time we'll see how the other players develop uh, i think frank came out and made a lot of noise um whether it was me who noticed i think his time at fiba this past year um really instilled that defensive full court press not only, you know, on the backcourt, but like everyone. So you could see it. Uh, Frank was just ready to show out, and it was a lot of fun. So those two stood out big time. Um, Iggy, uh, he had a great uh, first step on a drive, but he couldn't complete. And, of course, uh, Marcus Mars, you know, he brought a lot of toughness, even during practice, which was fun. And and a few other, you know, people had their jump shots going, but um, you could definitely feel the defensive uh, tone change, and the offense was not as pretty yet. But you know we gotta wait and see. It's just open
1: practice. Yeah, I, I remember you you sent us a text saying, and, and I to me like this is what stood out the most out of um everything you mentioned to us was that Iggy Brazdakis you, you thought had the highest upside of of any of the role guys. So outside of R. J. Barrett and. Mitchell Robinson, and I, I, I know you mentioned the first step, but what else really flashed you? Because obviously he had this incredible summer league, just seems like this boisterous, um, ridiculously confident dude, doesn't really walk around like a second-round pick, didn't really play like a second-round pick. What, what makes you think he can be so good? You hit the nail on the head. Um, I
2: think the confidence that he has from his summer league uh, performance, he still brought a lot of that. Um, he's grown up in a, you know, a high-level environment from canada and he got a chance to play in michigan um so i, I think he really fills the need that we don't have long term sure you know we were lost in three-point attempts and and you know a lot of three-point statistics last year as a team and we brought in wayne ellington and you know we know he's good for that and uh shout out to uh, nick speed uh, you know, a, a twitter young cat from high school who was really you know uh, talking about this with me afterwards but I think the thing with Iggy, he fills um, the outside shooting that no one else long term really has, besides him and Zo maybe. So the fact that he brings that confidence and that first step, um, he 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 just blew by everyone. Uh, RJ definitely has the work ethic, and Julius uh, should be looking like the way he he did as a third fourth year player, ready to really come in. But as far as young guys that are under the radar, um, good luck. You know, let's let's see what Iggy has. If he gets some minutes, he may surprise uh, us with some great highlights.
0: Um, You know, I saw some highlights. You mentioned Frank Nilekina and that he looked, you know, he kind of showed out during this uh, looking like he, you know, took some of that FIBA energy and converted it to the open practice and presumably to Nick's practice right now. You know, just uh, the ones that we don't get to see. Uh, What's your impression as far as him? Like, did you find that he was out there a ton and that it seems like maybe he's going to be given a real shot, especially like I'm thinking you know this first preseason game is kind of the perfect opportunity for him to get out there get some actual minutes and and you know maybe show if he deserves a an actual rotation spot on this team do you think he sort of asserted himself in that way during this open practice and you know it's tough to so say it's the only is, one we got is uh
2: is coach fisd listening i hope he is cuz that was a yeah, great play for frank man. to start i mean I, I go back on this podcast since James' days, so um, I've adopted Frank as my son. And my six-year-old daughter actually cried last year because being jealous of Frank Nelke, and She's like, "No, why do you keep saying that? He's not my, you know, like you don't <laughs> love him more." So yeah, so I'm definitely biased. I'll I'll, I'll start there. But um, and and Coach, you know, he has been part of drafting Frank and no one else in the organization, but. Uh, with Dennis Smith, inj- uh, Dennis Smith Jr.'s back uh, injury, holding him back at least two to four days or at least a couple of games in the preseason, it's a great opportunity. And uh, Frank has uh, more upside, uh, in, you know, on a good NBA team than Alfred Payton. Um, you know, like that Alfred Payton signing was a head-scratcher, but we recognize the connection that we have with the GM. And sometimes second chances may uh, turn out to be something good, but – Frank is something, uh, someone that we should definitely be playing a lot more. He got a lot of other guys open, which was something that me and the Knicks feed had noticed. And when he went in for that dunk, you know, inside, I knew he wasn't going to finish. But the fact that he went in on it uh, a little bit more off the first practice, that was, it was definitely a good sign. He's definitely walking around like he has uh, something to prove, and and he has some, uh, he's earned some more stripes internationally.
1: Yeah, that that's that's honestly the thing I was most excited to hear. That like Frank, um, I I want to say has his swagger back, but I I don't know. I mean, I guess there are moments his rookie season, but maybe for the first time um, in his NBA life, like fully has it genuinely feel feels like he belongs. And we, we've talked a lot on this podcast about what a big moment that was against Team USA. I mean, at least for Frank, so far and away the most meaningful game he's ever played in, given his experience, his first two years on the Knicks, and to come out and, and hit big shots against maybe not the best players in the world, but a team still chock full of all-star or near all-star talent and and all considered better NBA prospects than Frank. I I just, I, I, in my mind, I was like, I tried to put myself in her shoes and like, you would walk into an NBA gym and be like, I, i I mean, excuse the curse, but I fucking belong here. Like I, I deserve this. And I I was just, he's such a like nice quiet kid. I, I was like, I need like, I need a little F you there. Like, I, I think he, I, I, I think definitely need that. that he needs yeah, that, a, and he yeah. needs to
2: just spend like a week with Marcus Morris uh, or something <laughs> like that. You know, like he just, go, just he, going out. He him. has, yeah, <laughs> he has to go out a little bit. You know, he's he's a third year player. Uh, he has to go out swinging, man. And uh, I'm really glad to hear you know you um, promote Frank too. I mean, um, I think true basketball coaches and everyone recognize it, and it's just a matter of how he fits into his team. We have so many pieces that aren't there yet, Um, you know, but, but we see, you know, the flashes. So let's see what he can do. And if coach can figure out the proper rotation minutes um, it should, it should only start uh, looking more positive, but you know, we say that every year we'll see how it goes. All
0: right. That seems like a good point to, to drop off our first segment here, take a quick break and then come back, talk more about the Knicks open practice with Ivan and on this sort of Fan Monday, not really a fan Friday, more like a fan Monday today. So we'll get back to that in just a moment when we get back to Locked On Knicks.
1: You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf, my guy, Doctor Ivan, joining us. Uh, we we didn't get into this, Ivan, but we we got a little high school rivalry going on. You you went to uh, Bronx Science, uh, the school That's of right. uh, of Spider Man, and uh, I went to uh, stuyvesant the school of uh, scandals and an arsonist and uh, one kid who uh, tried to join isis but that's neither here nor there uh two great schools uh all knicks fans now so we're all good and um, all knicks fans all all strong knicks fans yeah I'll, I'll tell i'll tell some high school stories my my high school experience was nuts but um we we want to continue on the open practice trend and um the, the guy i want to hear about that we haven't talked about yet ivan is rj barrett i mean. To me, I, I was – I'm sure I said this at some point, but the most fascinating part of this whole preseason is seeing how he looks against NBA defenses. And I've said time and time again his lack of efficiency at Duke and then for most of the summer league really does concern me and obviously has a whole lot of time to get better and most rookies aren't very good. But I, I would just be so encouraged to see him come out and, and really score the basketball at, at a good clip. Uh, what, what were your takeaways from, from your I, – I presume your first live look at him?
2: Well – It was definitely, yeah, it was my first live look. I did not get a chance to watch him in college uh, up close. I got a chance to be at the draft, which was really fun. Uh, RJ belongs in New York. He has a lot of charisma. He wants the spotlight. He wants that pressure. And you could tell he wants that last shot. Um, He grew up, you know, in, you know, Canadian basketball, around Canadian basketball royalty, whether it was Steve Nash and his own father's uh, college days. And so we all want to see RJ succeed. And, you know, he's definitely – you know, the, the Nick, one of the Knicks that I'm rooting strongest for. Uh, so you got to give it up for his motor, you know, and, and his heart and his grit. And there are some things that he's just going to, you know, have to get better at. And it starts with the free throw line. And if he can start knocking down his free throws and get those percentages up, you know, year to year or, you know, you know, throughout the season, that should start opening up some more confidence on his mid-range game, which he'll have to rely on. I think the established NBA player that he's reminded a lot of us of is someone like DeRozan and early DeRozan. However, you know, we see uh, how much DeRozan can shoulder um, from distance. Now he took on three point shot more like in a seventh, eighth year. And uh, RJ, I think has a much stronger knack for passing. I think uh, coach trusted him with a lot of playmaking um, responsibilities. He was the one to bring up the ball a lot for team gray. Uh, it was him. Uh, Wayne Ellington, Bobby Portis, and Taj Gimson. So RJ was had the privilege of a lot of ball handling responsibilities. Uh, he's not there yet, though. You know, he's, he's got to keep working at it. Uh, he knows how to handle the fans, how to handle the media. He's he's uh, he's got a knack for that. You can, it's that's obvious. Um, but you know, it's still way too early. The kid hasn't played a, a preseason game yet. So let's give him some time and let's back off. Uh, you know, but I wish him all the best. Uh, I'm a big fan of RJ Barrett, that's for sure.
0: So let's talk a little bit about Julius Randle, because, mm-hmm. you know, we were we were talking a little bit during the break and you were like, you were like you know, I, I don't know if you necessarily like uh, uh, wowed anybody, but like, I, I don't even know if that's a bad thing. Like, you kind of just said he went out there and did like Julius Randle things. And I'm like, you know, that sounds pretty good. Like, because Julius Randle stuff is like a, a 21 and nine player. Like, that sounds pretty solid to me if he just went out there and took care of business during the practice. Right.
2: Clearly, absolutely. I mean, clearly, Julius Randle was a player I was actually thinking about a lot before open practice happened. like, hey, which NBA player can he be like? I mean, like, we saw his stats last year. He just surpassed 20 points, and he had about eight rebounds. And we're all excited about his passing ability. Um, You know, and you guys had a great episode with the the New Orleans uh, lockdown Pelicans. Uh, I was listening to that episode, and it it was really good to get all those chunks of information but i heard that today and even you know yesterday when i was at open practice i was thinking about you know like what he brings and what you saw were like when the knicks are around randall they're you know taking the job a lot more seriously you could see that they're standing up a little bit more straight and and they're taking um uh, the small details of professionals a lot more seriously and a lot of times when you're trying to turn around a culture leading an organization it, it's tough And and you got to have strong leadership who's able to uh, showcase it consistently. And uh, it was exciting to see him having a a breakaway dunk. He had the crowd going on that. But, you know, I think we're really excited to see what he can do in fourth quarters and um, hopefully uh, help us win a few extra games this year. So, uh, you know, it's it's, it's more on the professionalism side. And his his contract is something I also look at. He's at least the two, you know, we know he's going to be here with us for at least two years. And if we can make this relationship grow, um, maybe he'll become a long-term Nick who knows
1: all right and, and just to, to wrap up um, on the experience did you get I, I know you mentioned the defense looked a lot further along um, than the offense at this point but did you get any feel for what the offensive identity is going to be because I guess from a, a team-wide perspective that, that's really what I'm questioning and what I'm looking for. And Fisdale is, is maybe a, a little bit evasive whenever he's asked about this. And I just wanted to see if you came away being like, oh, they're, they're going to play like that, or, or if it's still sort of a mystery. My guess is as good as everyone else's, man. That open
2: practice, <laughs> I, I wasn't impressed with much of the offense except the fact that folks were able to hit some good open jumpers a little bit more consistently than during some of the games that, when we were playing like, real, real competition. You know, I love the Knicks. Uh, we really, uh, this is really, uh, the year that, um, Fizil will have to really earn that reputation as a strong coach and the X's and O's. And, um, he's already earned some of that through the identity, uh, during his, you know, time at, uh, Memphis. However, on the offense event, it's a young team and, you know, um, let's see what he, let's see what he can put together. It, it all, it all depends on his coaching and, you know, last year, there were a lot of lineups that left us scratching our heads a lot. Um, Hopefully, with some more clarity on the contracts and the future for the next one or two years, um, the coaching and and the, the player development will come together once and for all.
0: Okay, one last thing before we we take our final break and then come back and just kind of talk some general Knicks with you. But uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, there was you said that there was you know kind of some interacting with the players after the practice, right? That they allowed the fans to interact oh, yeah. with players and stuff. Did you get to see Kevin Knox's big new rippling muscles up close, and how of enormous course. is
2: he? I mean, here's, here's the thing: I mean, <laughs> yeah, everyone got to feel you, 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 We caught, we caught exactly right. We we cut the corner on 120th and Broadway for anyone who's familiar with you know uptown, and the practice entrance was on on 120th. So when we were leaving, we got a chance to get a, a great picture with Bernard King, and you know he he was really gracious to a lot of the fans, and you know chatting with with the fans for a couple of minutes, um, and then you could tell that, you know, where the, where the buses were uh, parked, uh, some of the fans like, you know, the diehards like myself and a few other, uh, Nick podcast heads, um, Nick Twitter, you know, a whole bunch of the the community, uh, we were hanging out and, you know, different players try themselves differently. Uh, I had, a I I got a chance to have a great uh, selfie with Frank uh, on and, you know, I told him that he's one of my favorite players. And I I know, I think RJ, uh, is, is handling himself. Uh, he's keeping his distance um, from, you know, I think he's staying focused on the game right now. Uh, he, he's not getting too caught up with the fan stuff. He wants to work on his game. He knows that there's a lot of pressure on him. So as far as Kevin Knox, we had a chance to, uh, you know, get a selfie from afar. Uh, but, you know, his 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 workout regimen is something we've all been craving uh, to see, you know, you know, come out on the court. And he had a couple of long-range uh, threes. He had at least one that I can remember. And, uh, you know, if I think back, maybe there is a couple more. So it's going to be a long season, guys. I I wish I could say uh, more beyond that, but a a couple of shots did fall short, like as they would. So let's see. Let's see if all that time in the gym pays off.
1: All right. uh, With that, let's take a quick break, come back, uh, get into some general Knicks fandom questions with Ivan and uh, a little bit more on Locked on Knicks.
0: All right, welcome back into the third and final segment of Locked On Knicks. Regrettably, all good things must come to an end, including our time with Dr. Ivan today. Uh so Ivan, we figured we just, you know, we got our practice notes in, but this is kind of like a kind of like a, a non Friday Fan Friday. We're calling it like Fan Monday today. So oh, yeah. we always like to, you know, check in with everybody to see like how did you become a Knicks fan? I mean, I guess that would be the easiest. Question quickly, like uh, you know, how would you become a fan? Like, what made you love the team? All that sort of stuff.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, am you know, I'm in my mid to late thirties now. I'm, am a Bangladeshi New Yorker. I'm, a, I'm, an immigrant. I came to this country when I was like four in Queens, and you know, my, I think when you're an immigrant kid, you really get caught up in like WWF. Like, we had wrestling was like the thing, and it was tough to catch, you know, basketball games because they're on cable. And a lot of times, like, if you're a kid growing up, a minority or an immigrant, you don't have cable. So, like, the only games you really get to watch were, like, NBA on NBC and, like, all that stuff. So I grew up a big-time Scottie Pippen fan. Um, the Knicks were the team I I feared the most as a Bulls fan. And I, I led with Scotty more so than Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan was just, like, too, like, great. He was just, like, God. And, like, just to root for him would... Be too easy, so like Scotty was my dude. The Knicks were the team we feared the most. And uh, you know, when the league had the 1997 um suspension due to all the fights, the Bulls really got some lucky breaks there. Uh, if, if we had a fuller Knicks, uh, you know, healthier, non suspended team, there were a lot of lucky breaks that the Bulls did catch. So becoming a Knicks fan, I was in med school, living in Harlem. My roommate, Sal, he's, he's leading interventional radiology out at NASA University. He's, he was a lifelong Knicks fan. So we'd get into it. He'd have the games on uh, almost every other night at the apartment. And a little by little, uh, I, just, I just started you know coming over the dark side, man. It was freaking Howard Isley, Shannon Anderson, Michael Doliak, Clarence Weatherspoon, uh, Michael Sweetney. These are names that you know, you younger guys, should never have to look up or, or never have to watch on YouTube. You know, uh, these are some of the dark days of the Knicks. Um, and um, that's when I knew I had to become a Knicks fan. I'm a proud New Yorker and
1: I haven't left uh, the Knicks fandom since. It's been uh, probably 15, 20 years now. Dude, Michael Doliak was a star on my NBA live 2005 dynasty team. He was, he was really, he played some big minutes in the finals. He, he had some good moments. If I, if I ever meet him, that's, it's going to be the first thing I mentioned. Um, but I, I thought it was funny that we we both became Knicks fans the same year, two thousand three, and, and it was it was really great because that sort of like <laughs> it, it like it let me know like what the next almost twenty years now we're we're going to be like yeah. and kind of disappointing but also like some promise like I'm like oh this Michael Sweetney guy could be pretty good obviously like I, I fell in love with I, I don't know if you were like this Ivan but I, I just fell in love with, yeah. with Stephon Marbury and when I was growing up I went to his basketball camps every year. So that, like, really – and they would hand out um, – and I think this was the reason I became a Knicks fan. They would give us, like, Knicks media guides every year. And it also yeah. sort of got into what I'm doing now because I would literally read every single page and get into, like, the stats and, like, do a deep dive. And I just – I fell in love, like I'm sure you did. They got us, Gavin. They got us all. I mean, yeah. when when the Marbury trade
2: happened, it was, like, right after they got Isaiah. So it was kind of like, hey, what's going on with this team? And they have an identity of Isaiah Thomas. is before we, reali- we, we realized when Marbury happens and we're like, oh – and then we kind of made the playoffs and it kind of had like this false impression of, 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 of development or a good team. And, and then, and then we watched the gameplay and I was like, Oh no. And then it just unfolded. So they got us good. And, and, and now, and now we're doing podcasts with you guys in the Knicks uh, and, and me in my education space. So they, they, they got us for life, dude.
0: I do want to get into uh, your education space, your education podcast, all that stuff in just a minute. Cause we were talking about a pre-show And it was really, really interesting before that, though, because like you're you're of a certain age. I mean, I'm not calling you old. I'm just saying Gavin and I are of the younger sort of a lot of people that I know as far as Knicks fans go. Um, Uh I've been intrigued by this comment that Marcus Morris made a couple weeks ago or I guess about a week ago now that the current Knicks can be as tough as the 90s Knicks. Do you think that's possible? Do you think that's something that we could actually see this year, given the fact that they brought in really a, a pretty good number of kind of wily vets and definitely some guys that, like, individually at least have some toughness to them?
2: I hate to break it to you, but no. Uh, oh. Marcus Morrison get that done. Uh, I think maybe uh, Bobby Portis can join him, but we don't have that long culture that Pat Riley built, uh, with Jeff Van Gundy, of course. and. Um, it was it was years and it was players. Like Ewing had been here for so long. And then Oakley was traded from Chicago uh, for Bill Cartwright and Michael Jordan was super pissed because Bill uh, like Charles Oakley was his like best friend. And now suddenly we like the Knicks got rid of a center, got a smaller but tougher, you know, person who was a better fit alongside Patrick Ewing. He had Anthony Mason, God rest his soul, he's from South Queens, shout out to the Mace, he had Xavier McDaniel. He even had dudes like Derek Harper getting into fights. It was like the fight back then, uh, there, was a, there was a Bulls series, and he had a, he had a big fight with uh, JoJo English and the Bulls, and uh, the, the benches cleared, suspensions galore. So that stuff is not happening nowadays. I mean, the culture of the NBA has changed a lot more. Uh, you still got you know, guys like Morris and uh, Bobby Portis holding it down and, and, and acting as enforcers, but beyond them, I don't see, you know, especially because of the contract situation, uh, anything close to that continued threat that the Knicks were to the entire league. The Knicks were really freaking good, and um, it'll probably be at least three, four years be- before we reach a proper identity of who what this team can actually be.
1: Yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch because I almost it, it's weird because they they have so many bad defenders on the roster, but I almost feel like that has to be their identity because I I mean I, maybe maybe Fizdale is is a beautiful mind and he'll find like exactly the right combination. Everything will click. But I, I just don't see this team like being a high level offensive group and cohesive, but I love the idea of Marcus Morris and Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randall, even if he's not a great defender, just beating the crap out of people. Frank playing big minutes at point guard and, and just throwing a ton of size uh, and, and sort of mucking up the game and, and turning it into if not quite 90s-style basketball, at least having elements of that and nights where it clicks, and it can at least be a little nostalgic for Knicks fans. And I do, I do think that is plausible. We'll, we'll certainly have moments like that even if it's not a full season. I can think of a few games where
2: uh, we'll definitely be bringing that energy, whether it's against the Nets or any other teams that where we've had some personal histories with or, or the Mavs. Yeah, so was- there are going to be some nights where we're going to really, really bring, bring that toughness out. Uh, we just hope, you know, and and let's just see where the this this thing goes with Morris. I mean, we we all recognize that this relationship is not forever due to the contract situations and the and the trade assets we're trying to build. But until, um, you know, as long as he's a Nick, uh, once a Nick, always a Nick, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm certainly I'm already of the opinion that uh, I mean, even without him having played a single game yet, that I want Marcus Morris to stick around. At least as long as we're still like, I feel like if he's OK with it, I'd want him to stay around during this, like this growing phase of the youth here, because uh, something about he's he's definitely brash. He's definitely he definitely seems, you know, a, a little rough around the edges, but like in a really good way. And, and it seems he's like great. he wouldn't assign. With, yeah, yeah. And like I, I get to feel like he wouldn't assign with the Knicks if he didn't know that he was going to be a mentor. And as long as he's cool I'm with that role, right. I think he's going to be a great mentor.
2: I didn't get to mention it before the break, but we, I got a chance to say what's up to him um, after, you know, when the players were coming out and he was taking, a you know, a, you know, a, a private band home with his family. And he's a family man. You know, he, he was with his kid and he understands what New York City has been missing. He understands he can vibe so well with the typical tough Knicks fan, whether you're from uptown, whether you're from the outer boroughs, whether you're from Queens or the Bronx. Um, or even Brooklyn, like the old school, die-hard Knicks fans, he really gets that. And even talking to him and seeing him interact with the fans, he 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 knows no matter how long he's here, you know,
1: we got each other's back.
2: So uh, I'm glad you brought him up because I did want to m- mention that other side of him that, you know, the 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 outside media doesn't always like to cover, you know, the human side of us, of us suffering Knicks fans.
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've always, I've always liked him. I mean, I, I, I mentioned before, but I've gone to, I went to like 50 or 60 of his, uh, of his son's games. And I, I, I mean, I was, I, from an intangible perspective, I think it was a little bit more raw when he was younger, but now I sort of refined it ranging it a little bit and it helps that he's like an above average player now. So I, I'm still convinced there's a chance that by the end of the season we're saying I'm um, outside of Mitchell Robinson. He, he was the next most impactful Two-way player, and I- I'm looking forward to uh, to getting to watch him. So, I- Ivan, before we wrap up, I, I wanted to uh, give you a chance to talk about the work you do, and and it's sort of it's an issue near and dear to my heart. Going through that system, so uh, I just want to give you the floor and, and let you um, share some thoughts on it. Absolutely,
2: Gavin. Uh To all the listeners out there, you know, New York City has 1.1 million students in our school system, and uh, oftentimes communities. Um, get the bad end of underfunding, uh, underfunding of resources, whether it's the way the school system spends its dollars in black and brown neighborhoods or the way, you know, the race, the class sizes need to be, you know, much, 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 much smaller and things like that. And it's led to a lot of you know segregated classrooms and, you know, lack of diversity at um, places where, you know, we're very rich in diversity in the past places like top high schools. So, Uh, I've been working, um, leading a company that my, my late father had started 25 years ago, uh, this year. And, um, you know, through his work, I've been able to, you know, become a physician, uh, through public education, in New York city, or, you know, state education and get my uh, other degrees. But the most important thing to me was to see other kids in my community, uh, get those chances, uh, to carry on my father's legacy. So, um, you know, five years ago, but like maybe a little bit before he passed, um, we had created a scholarship. So we give out about 50 to 70 scholarships for black and uh, Hispanic students, Latinx students, from African American families, black families, uh, from the outer boroughs, from from Manhattan, from Uptown, uh, to ensure that we're removing any uh, barriers around cost. So we have a scholarship in my late dad's name. Um, I know our outreach team will be rolling off a scholarship this week, um, a lot of kids, uh, a lot of current eighth graders are finishing up, we're really looking out to recruit, uh, you know, top performing seventh graders from underrepresented families uh, this month. So check us out, Constutorial.com, at Constutorial on Instagram. Um, we really, really want to help improve uh, the diversity numbers, and we're, you know, engaged in uh, free programs in Harlem uh, right before the open practice. I was out there. We have a great program go- going on with Brooklyn Tech. So. Um, in a city this diverse, we absolutely want to help the cause. So, uh, check out our website, constable.com, and there's a, a video and uh, talking about the scholarship and my dad's name. And we hope you apply. Uh, the more kids that apply, the hopefully the greater number of seats we can expand our program once we reach our target 70. So, yeah. I really appreciate that shout out, Gavin, and that opportunity. I know you went to science in high school. Uh, you know, I'm a graduate of Bronx Science. You know, I grew up in you know low-income neighborhoods throughout Queens. And that was a very similar story for a lot of other immigrants, whether from Latin America, um, you know uh, African families or Asian families, or uh, their families have been here um, for generations um, under some you know systemic, terrible uh, oppression. So we're really, really um, grateful uh, to Lockdown Mix for giving me the you know these couple of minutes to chat about that. But overall, I want to thank you guys for being, you know, one of my favorite podcasts on rotation. I've been listening to you guys for at least two years, and whether it's Gavin talking about his love for KP, the Nets, and all things Darius uh, <laughs> Garland, or Alex taking the conversation to Marvel Comics just to piss off uh, Marcita uh, who was hopefully listening, um, you know, you guys are a, a source of inspiration to me and so many other people in the Knicks community. I can't wait for the Knicks uh, Twitter meetups, which have been really, really fun. So um are you guys uh anything in particular you guys looking forward to this season
0: oh well, i can say personally i mean i'm definitely looking forward to more of those meetups uh i should hopefully let's probably get on that pretty soon as far as maybe planning the first one i have a date in mind if anyone looks at the schedule mm-hmm. i feel like it'd be pretty obvious to figure out what day it is i don't want to say a date because i don't want to like commit to something and then not do it but yeah that i'm definitely looking forward to because i love those events i love meeting everybody that i talk to on twitter all the time throughout the season. Um as far as the team itself, man, I don't even know. Like uh I think I'm just I just want to see improvement. I wanna hopefully see Fizdale coach good enough to justify keeping him for a long time. Um because I, I don't know if I saw that last year, but I don't know how much of that could be chalked up to the the front office just being like try out as many people as possible but, you know and, and see what happens and and you know that kind of leading to there being some uninspiring sets and stuff like that. So uh, it, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing to me, like team-wide storyline is I want to see improvement from the team, but I want that to be a lot from fisdale coaching better, especially late game situations after timeouts, stuff like that. Like really, really winning, you know, with the devil in the details kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I'm, 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 here. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the meetups. I mean, last year it was, I had terrible luck scheduling wise. I only, Got to make the draft one, and I got there kind of late, so I didn't really get to meet people. But I remember I would always ask Alex after how did they go, and he'd be like, "Oh, it was great." You know, like a few people came up to us and and like uh told us that they listened to the podcast. And I'm, I like, I see like the numbers. Like I know, I know that we we literally do like have like on average like a couple thousand people listen to every episode. But you don't really like connect in your mind that like, oh wait, those they're, those people actually know you, they actually listen to you. It's the same way like I I have like fifty podcasts in my stream. Like I. Love all those people. And maybe, maybe they don't feel quite that fondly about us, but it just it's cool to know people are listening and they appreciate it. So I really, I mean, from the bottom of my heart, Ivan, it means a ton uh, for the Knicks themselves. Uh, I just want to see all the young guys on the floor together, like Frank and Mitch, especially like if those two, this is unrealistic as long as Alfred Payton and Dennis Smith are healthy, but if they could play 20 minutes together, that would just uh, make my heart happy. And like Iggy, Trier, RJ, even though I've I've expressed some hate towards him, I'm really, I'm genuinely rooting for him and I really, really hope he's great and he fits in with these guys. So I just, I just want to see those guys play together and I'm I'm excited to just see what it all looks like because last year it felt like from, I mean, at least from the point I took over the podcast, like there were interesting elements and obviously Mitch rising up and Trier rising up were, were great. But there just wasn't – it was It was really a, like a painful, painful season. And I think if nothing else, even if the Knicks aren't great, there's going to be a lot more to talk about and a lot more to watch on a game-to-game basis. So, overall, I'm just – I'm ecstatic for the season to start. Um, on that note, I, I think we're, we're running a little bit long, so we should uh, wrap it up. But well, I a, again, real quick, real oh, quick. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I
0: was I was going to say first off, Gavin, uh, it'll be great when you come to the meetups cuz then people can shit on you to your face. <laughs> I was,
1: no, I, I, I think that's part of my hesitancy. <laughs> oh man.
0: I bet you nobody would. People would meet you and they'd be like he's not so bad. He doesn't love KP that much. Right.
1: And I'm probably, <laughs> probably taller than them, so we'll see. Dude, come at me yeah. and at IRL. We'll do it.
0: Um you, I was going to say out. we Ivan can't knows. wait to
2: see you in person, Gavin.
1: Yeah, no, it'll be I, great. <laughs>
0: Ivan, I was gonna say I know you have I know you have a decent amount of uh, personal presence on social media as well. Do you want to pump up your your personal accounts as well as uh, you already did the? I appreciate doctors. it.
2: You can find me on Instagram at dr ivan Khan, D, uh, you know at dr ivan i v a n k h a n, and uh, at notagrowpod. The words no to grow, notagrowpod no at Instagram. We talk about education, growth, and culture. I'd love to have um, both of you guys on for our episode. Uh, I know you guys do a great job uh, dropping episodes very regularly. Uh, but if we ever want to talk to talk Nick's education, growth or culture, uh, there's an open inv- invitation to, you know, you guys and everyone else in the lockdown family.
0: I'm into it. I'm into it. And then, of course, you can find you can find Ivan at I-V-E-Z Ives on Twitter as well. If you want all of his Nick's takes there, too. Uh, so, Ivan, thanks so much, man, for coming on. Uh, a doctor, I'm going to address you by your proper title. Nah, Thank dude, you.
2: We're, we're friends on Nick's Twitter. We're, we're a community of very, very close people who, who are there yeah. for each other through thick and thin, through, through, through Nick's misery. So, uh, you know, please, you know, it's always Ivan to, to everyone out there. And uh, the, the privilege is mine, man. Uh, I've, I've been a fan for like two plus years. And it, this is definitely the highlight of my month so thank you cool
0: thanks man yeah thanks so much for coming on and we'll definitely have you on at some other point this season dude i appreciate it man can't wait to see you guys at the meetup